Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. This episode of Dubai Works is sponsored by Petra Insurance, a groundbreaking player in the UAE insurance market with more than 55 years of experience in the industry. Petra Insurance offers a range of products to individuals and companies providing quick solutions and the advantage of paying in installments. They also recognize the importance of transparency and they make it a point to assure trust in their policies. You can get in contact with them directly by visiting insurewithpetra.com. Well, today's interview uh, is all about PropTech. If you're interested in real estate, as many people are in Dubai, uh, this is a really good podcast, uh, a chat about a company who are making buying homes a lot easier. Uh, and uh, Helen's super impressive as a founder. It's fascinating. Again, the trends on this show are to do with uh, you know, property, real estate, prop tech, and, and using Dubai as a place uh, where international investors can create a, a next big company. They've raised a lot of money, uh, they're making a splash in the market, and I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, we're joined by Helen Chen, the CEO of Nomad Homes. They are a platform dedicated to simplify the process of buying and renting homes. They're doing that by focusing primarily on the, fo- on the customers and tech-empowered concept. So today we're going to be talking about how Nomad Homes came about on the broader real estate industry in Dubai and then the plans for the future. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Richard. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining. So you're in Dubai, you're, you're a startup. Do you describe yourselves as a startup? And, and can you tell us a little bit more about Nomad Homes? We are definitely most, uh, most definitely a startup at Nomad Homes. Um, so the concept of Nomad Homes is really we are simplifying, empowering, and making the process of buying and renting your home smooth and easy. It is the most important personal and financial decision of your life. Um, And we believe that this process should actually be enjoyable. Okay. And so the the difference is, uh, how are you you actually doing that then? Absolutely. So what Nomad Homes does is we are empowering buyers renters to search, transact, and and finance in one place. So instead of you, you know, working with 30 different agents at the time, then looking for someone else for financing, for the mortgage, and going back and forth between all the different parties um, to both search, transact, and finance your home, at Nomad Homes, we're able to do that all in one place. Um, this is powered by our technology, as well as a dedicated Nomad advisor to guide you through your journey. So it's both a personal touch as well as the technology that powers the engine. And do the viewings take place virtually? And can you arrange your viewing physically through the platform as well? You can. So at Nomad Homes, our customers have the ability to choose whether they want to do virtual viewings or if they want to do in-person viewings. 
Um, for us, we want to be flexible to the customers and the clients' tastes. Some people don't need to go see something in person, but other people do. They're looking for the touch and the feel of the physical unit. Um, but for us, it's all about the technology that empowers this to be simple um, and the flexibility based on what our clients have as their needs. Does this um, Is this more cost-effective as well for the customer? Do they still have to have agents fees mortgage broker fees is or how does it work from the from the cost side of things as well for the customer from a pricing perspective um all these added services and experiences are the same as what they would go through if they were to go through another um, real estate agent and the financing piece is all free um, so that's an added benefit of working with nomad homes is it's the same cost plus there's it's it's a free mortgage service as well Okay, amazing. And do you have to have relationships with the mortgage providers and the banks to, to plug in directly to your platform? So we work with a variety of mortgage partners to in, enable and empower our services. And that's how we're able to have, you know, full banking coverage across Dubai. Okay, interesting. So uh, what's, tell us a little bit more about you, Helen. What's your background and how did you come to working with Nomad Homes uh, as CEO? So prior to founding and becoming the CEO of Nomad Homes, I'm actually formally trained as an investor. I went to Wharton undergrad. I started at Blackstone in the private equity group doing consumer retail investments. Blackstone is the largest asset manager in the world, um, alternative asset manager in the world. And then moved around. I spent some time living in Beijing, uh, working with the Chinese Sovereign Wealth Fund, as well as another family office. Before deciding that I did not want to be an investor for life anymore and decided it was a good time for me to go to business school. Fortunate enough to get into Stanford uh, for my MBA program, which is really in the heart of Silicon Valley and started pursuing my passion, which has always been in real estate. When I was a kid growing up, I grew up in Washington state. My parents had rental properties and my job over the summers was to turn them to make sure that the tenants had a good experience moving in. So it was cleaning and fixing. Um, I'm an excellent handy person. And, you know, that love for that real estate really stuck. I studied real estate in undergrad. I worked at Goldman Sachs in their real estate investment banking group. My first investment was in a rental property. And to this day, I, I honestly love looking at houses anywhere I go in the world. So when I arrived at Stanford, I started talking to all of the you know, property technology or prop tech companies in the US and then around the world. So started with, you know, Zillow, um, you know, Compass, Cadre, moved around the world. And what became really apparent to me was that buying your home is a really difficult journey. And I was really digging in across Europe and the Middle East, which is the third largest residential real estate market in the world. And I was thinking and I was seeing that the buyers were really left alone in their journey. And this is the most important personal and financial decision of your life. Uh, real estate as an asset class is the largest asset class in the world. It's larger than stocks and uh, stocks, equities and bonds combined. Wow. And so when I, when I saw this, I thought that this was a grave injustice to the buyers of the world who are the real customers here. Um, and I thought if no one's going to help the customer, then I'm just going to do it myself. 
So I dropped out of Stanford after my first year, uh, packed my bags four days after my wedding, moved to Dubai and started Nomad Homes. So that is actually how all of this got started. Um, it's been an incredible journey so far. Um, we are lucky to have you know 66 people around the world supporting Nomad Homes. We started in Dubai, but have already expanded to Paris, um, Lisbon, and soon to be Spain. And in addition, we've raised over $25 million of venture capital funding um, from people like the, C, the former CEOs of Twitter, from Zillow, um, Opendoor, as well as a host of venture capital funds, um, both local and international. So to be honest, you know, your first question was, are you a startup? Yes, we are absolutely a startup. <laughs> um, but we're here to really you know, empower, empower the buyers of the world to, to find their help. Fascinating. Incredible story. Congratulations on the success uh, and thank you for sharing it. Uh, really well done, uh, Mabrook, as we would say, on the success so far. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's amazing to hear and there's so many, so many things that stand out there, you know, and to do it as a female founder as well and to do it in this part of the world, which is not typical. More, more, more of the more well-known prop tech companies are where you left rather than here. So can you talk about that? Um, you know, when was that? When did you come to Dubai and, uh, and why, why Dubai? Yeah. Um, so we launched Nomad Homes in 2020. Um, for, for me, when we look at launching, it is a question of the size of the market as well as the feasibility of launching a market. So the reason we picked Dubai as the first city to launch is that, you know, uh, property and real estate is a huge part of the economy in Dubai. Last year, over 151 billion dirhams of property was sold. So this is a massive industry. And when we were looking at, you know, how can we help the customers, we definitely saw a need when we were speaking to everyone. In addition, um, I'm very close to the ecosystem here, uh, you know, personally friends with the Kareem founders um, and really believe that Dubai as a hub is, is thriving and it's growing and it's booming, um, both as a logistics hub um, that people are coming in and out of, as well as it's a, it's a burgeoning startup hub as well. Um, mm. So people want to be in Dubai. People want, you know, the city attracts talent and as we all know, talent really makes the company spin and it makes the company grow. So for us, you know, it was a very simple decision um, to start in Dubai and also expand to the other cities like Paris and Lisbon that we're in. Amazing. Um, we'll stick on this for a second. Yeah. So the, the, obviously, you know, talking about other cities and I'm sure with your knowledge of the U.S. and that you mentioned the investors uh, come from there as well, that you are looking at a global play. You are looking at, at other cities as well. And uh, what what what's the factor? Because you know potentially this uh, this platform could be available in any city that a property is bought or sold. But you know you you mentioned Dubai. There's a good opportunity in in the total transaction volume versus maybe not as many uh, prop tech uh, startups here. It, is, are they the factors that you look at? Yeah, so when we look at launching the market, you know, across all of the markets that we're addressing, which is Europe and the Middle East, over $1.6 trillion of real estate exists in the market. Um, so that is just massive. 
Um, there's a lot of different ways to play in the real estate uh, sector. Um, so it's either prop tech, fintech, um, both kind of merged together. So fintech is financial technology. And when we look at you know, our markets, you know, on the surface, they actually look really different. Uh, why is Paris similar to Dubai? But in fact, when you dig deeper, you'll find that you know, consumers generally tend to behave quite similarly. Right. Mm. Um, so buyers want to find their their best home within their budget quickly. Sellers want to sell their home at the highest price fast. Um, so that is a universal truth when it comes to the consumers that we're serving. And so when you look at launching into the markets, you know, we have we have a lot of seasoned, um, you know, expansion project managers on our team. And what we look for is really that the market is large, the mm. problem is there, and we have the ability to service the clients. Um, it's basically that simple. And when we start looking at, you know, which cities are we going into first, oftentimes it comes into, you know, which city is the largest? Does our product offering fit the best there? And do we have the people who have the experience to do it? So I'm very fortunate to have my co-founders, Dan and Damien. Um, Dan leads product and tech. He worked at Adapar, which is a, a unicorn fintech company. Damien was at Uber, which is you know uh, more than a unicorn at this point. Um, and so we're very fortunate to have the three of us always being together and making these decisions to that together. But also we have really complementary backgrounds um, to, to support the expansion of Nomad Homes. Fascinating. A very strong team as well. The story gets better and better. <laughs> but <laughs> touching on something you mentioned earlier, Helen, around uh, you, you know, your, your background in property from uh, it being a job, uh, it being something that you did uh, for your family and, and uh, launching into, into what you do now. It seems like it's a perfect fit. Um, but and I, and I really took, picked up on the fact that you said that you were you know, passionate and interested in property, because I think that's super important with investing. You know, people might look at diversified portfolios, but what if, what if I don't really care about crypto, or what if I don't really care about property? What, what if I'm driving down the street and I just don't have no interest in real estate? You know, so I think it, it's fascinating from that point of view. But I guess the question is, you know, you could be in, you could invest in property in different ways. You could. Uh, you know, you could do it from a, a commercial point of view. You could do it from a real estate, uh, a retail point of view. So why the, why build a tech platform that's for consumers? Where, where, where did that come from? Um, you know, coming from a switch of career, uh, you mentioned Goldman Sachs and things like that. Uh, you know, where did the sort of drive to found a, a company like this come from? Um, so it stems from the fact that I love real estate. And I think the next piece is I have a lot of empathy for the customers. Um, when people are thinking about buying a home, um, whether it's for an investment or for their end use, um, first of all, this is probably the largest transaction of your life. Um, it is the largest store of wealth for you. And, you know, if you think about that, the impact of, helping someone make the right decision, making sure that they are empowered and they feel confident in their decision making is 
incredibly rewarding as a founder and as a CEO. So if Nomad Homes is able to provide that level of experience, um, both through the technology and through the experience um, that our customers deserve and receive, that is incredibly rewarding. I think, to be honest, Richard, it stems from the fact that real estate is not only you know, a, a physical good, it's a physical asset. It is a financial transaction. That's why I believe that all prop tech companies are actually fintech companies. Um, so that's why we have the mortgage offering um, within Nomad Homes is because this is a financial decision. And so when someone is making a financial decision as large as this, you really want them to feel confident and empowered that they're making the right decision for them. And so this is where it comes from that I have so much customer empathy for, for our clients is really because it, it is so important to both themselves personally, because this is now where their families are, this is now where you work as well, uh, but also because it is the financial decision, it is the largest store of wealth and savings for most consumers. Fascinating. Okay, so I get the point of view that technology can streamline things and make things more efficient. And if I was looking at real estate from an investment point of view, and I was managing multiple properties, or I was making many transactions, I can I get how pr- technology would improve it, like trading and like other things. But how you described this as a as a almost a one off uh, personal home investment for many for most people. Uh, where why is it broken? Where do you think it's broken? Yes, it might be tedious having to deal with different people and paperwork and that sort of thing, but something as you described as as big a milestone for people, maybe it's worth that time and effort. Do 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 you think do you think other than it being tedious, is it really broken? And are people are the customers losing out in your experience in the current system? Yeah. So in terms of how we think, you know, what value we are providing, uh, the first piece is we are on your side. Uh, We only work with one side of the transaction. We're only working with the buyers in this journey. And so if you think about this, you know, someone who works with both the buyer and the seller, there's an inherent conflict in there uh, because who are you working for? You can really only work for one person. And when it comes to negotiations, buyers and sellers are actually negotiating against each other. One wants a lower price, one wants a higher price. And so by dedicating Nomad Homes to buyers in the market, you can be, you can, you can be ensured that Nomad Homes is actually on your side when you're making this transaction. That's the first piece. The second piece is actually streamlining and aggregating the data that's available in the market. There are properties that are posted online. There are duplicate properties. There are fake listings all over the place. Um, And then, you know, there are properties that are never posted and never see the light of day. So this is where our technology comes into play. How do you aggregate everything to make sure that you as a buyer are seeing everything? This is really important so that you have the confidence to make the decision and actually Uh, complete the transaction, make the offer and complete the transaction. That's the second piece. And and Richard, to your point about tedious, your time is worth money. And because we're not charging anything extra, basically you get this entire elevated experience for the same cost as doing it uh, with something, with, with someone else, or by doing it yourself through the tedious way. You know, I think technology 
um, has really streamlined a lot of the things that we do in life. If you look at food ordering, if you look at uh, cars, how do you move, transportation, if you look at a lot of the, the, the trading platforms or the fintech platforms, uh, those industries existed in a pre-existing life, right? Taxis existed, brokerage houses to buy and sell stocks existed, but through the use of technology, we've made it easier, right? We've made it easier, we made it more transparent for the end user. So to the point about it being tedious, uh, you can do this in a tedious way, but we believe that, you know, your time is worth something yeah. and you should be spending it, you know, with your families or doing something else. And if we can streamline it through the use of technology, then I think that's a win-win for everyone. Okay. Very clear. Thank you for explaining. Uh, so, uh, let's talk about business model. So previous, on one of the previous episodes, we interviewed the founder of Property Finder. And what I was fascinated to discover, and it kind of leads on to what you were just talking about, Helen, in terms of they are serving the customer and the agents are not, not people can't list on the site, agents do, and agents pay a fee like an advertising fee. And from their background, they actually replace the property classified sections of newspapers and, and that's their business model. It's based, it's essentially a, a classified business model. Uh, and, and, and then to, to that point as a portal, uh, they are only serving the, the customer in terms of, uh, making it easy for the customer to find because the agent or the, on the other side is actually advertising. So, so is that how your business model works as well? Our business model is, is not a portal. It's not a classified site. Uh, we're actually what's called a transactional marketplace. So we are also a marketplace. We work with you know, the buyers on one side and we work with all of the real estate agents on the other side. So we are a marketplace. Um, and the way that we monetize or that we make money is only upon success. We believe that alignment of interest in business is incredibly important. And so we only make money when people are happy and they make money. Um, and so this basically keeps us aligned. It keeps us aligned with our core customer, which is the buyer, because they don't, you know, we don't make money until they're happy with the home that we found them. And the second piece is it actually keeps the, the real estate brokers and the agents in the market really happy because there's no fixed cost. They don't pay anything on a monthly basis. Uh, you know, we only, we only make money when they make money. And so I think when it comes to business models and incentive alignment, I am a firm believer that, you know, how you make money is indicative of what your, your North Star metric is or what your success metric is. Mm. And in this case, we believe that moving starts with a match. You have to match the home with the customer. And that is success for us is when we have a happy customer into a new home. Interesting. But to that point, then in the marketplace, you know, yes, your priority is the buyer, but actually you do have, you do have to keep the seller happy as well. They have to, for a marketplace to work, it needs to have two things on each side. It needs, uh, it needs the sellers to come to you to list. Uh, how is that, how is that onboarding process? How's your inventory? Do you aggregate or do people, uh, offer up their inventory or their property? And, and another, Kind of related to that point is at the moment, uh, before I discovered Nomad Homes, it, it's not actually technically possible, other than say a do bizzle, to list 
a property online as an individual or, or Google ads or whatever on the portals are restricted to uh, agents. Is that the same on Nomad Homes? Yeah. So Richard, you're totally right. Marketplace always has two sides of the equation. And that's why for us, we say moving starts with a match. And in this case, we're matching the property with the buyer. And that is the transaction that we're looking for. Okay. Um, when we are matching our properties, our properties are actually aggregated um, from the agents. And so today in Nomad, you know, V1, we are aggregating with the agents through our API feeds with them. Um, and then in V2, you know, uh, to your point about if there are sellers who want to self-sell, then one day that can be a thing as well, um, where you can just post your property if you would like to. Um, but but in terms of V1 Nomad, uh, it is aggregated through APIs as with the agents and the matching really occurs between the property and the buyer. Interesting. So walk, walk me through the, the process. So I, I discover Nomad Homes today. I download the app or I go on the website. Um, is there a KYC? Can I put a bid on a property from the site? And what are the steps that, that one would experience? Yeah. So the core of what our technology is doing today is this matching concept. How can you find this match? Um, so when you when you come onto Nomad Homes today, uh, what we do is actually uh, we've we've actually put in place a questionnaire to ask you, Richard, what are you looking for? Are you looking for uh, two bedrooms, three bedrooms, apartment, villas? Do you have a preference for a location? So let's just take Dubai as an example. So maybe you want a two bedroom in downtown apartment, and you say, you know, I'm really specific about my views. So we actually take all of this information in uh, because it's a questionnaire form. Then what we do is we actually have suggestions. Uh, we have a database of properties um, that are active for sale. And what we do is instead of you scrolling through thousands and thousands of listings that may or may not meet your criteria, what we're doing now is instead uh, we're pushing new properties. And so this is almost like, uh, it's almost like Tinder actually. So you can mm. swipe left, right, left, right, and say, I like this, I don't like this, I like this, I don't like this. And through your, your swiping process, we are actually learning in the background. Our data science team is learning. What are Richard's preferences? Hmm. Is it that Richard wants uh, white interiors, wood interiors? Do you want tile floors? Is there a view that you like? Because what's happening in the background is we are tagging the properties with characteristics to understand what you, Richard, like. So this is a very curated and customized experience um, that's powered by our data science team. Um, so this is where you know the, the buzzwords of machine learning come into play, uh, but that is our data science team. We are taking your preferences to be able to better curate the properties for you. And then for every future customer who comes onto Nomad Homes, who has similar preferences to Richard, we get better and better and better at suggesting properties to you. Um, and so this is where a lot of the technology comes into play and where we're investing heavily into our data science team is actually this matching concept. How can we match you with the home that you're looking for? Fascinating. I can already see, Helen, how this is new to the market here and different. And while I'm not too familiar with the US market, two companies spring to mind. And I know everyone mightn't like talking about competition, but um, just for the, I was, I was thinking about you raise uh, significant funding. Uh, 
how do companies like Zwillow and uh, Zero Down, those type of prop tech marketplaces, compare with what you're doing? Uh, is it similar, just in different markets, or is their path and journey different as well? Yeah. Um, so the former CEO of Zillow is an investor in our company. Okay. Um, and so when when we talk to when we talk to them, you know, we take a lot of inspiration. We're definitely students of the game in terms of how are other prop tech uh, markets evolving over time. And so when we talk to them, you know, it's not in the spirit of competition or anything like that. It's actually in a spirit of collegiality. Mm. And this is because when you're a founder and you are founding a company and you're starting a company and someone else started a company, um, you know, there is like a code of being a founder and mm. founders help founders. Um, and so in this case, you know, we're very fortunate to have Opendoor and Zillow CEOs in, as investors in our company. They're obviously dominant players in the U.S., um, you know, each one was, has been worth, you know, 10, 20, 30 billion dollars. So yeah. these are huge companies and they're very U.S. centric. Um, and so when we get to work with them and learn from them, it's really understanding, okay, so we're having, we're, what are the problems that you face? You know, if you could have done something differently, like what would have, what would have been done? Um, and those kinds of insights are incredibly valuable to us as we are building nomad homes. Um, you know, one day we do aspire to be a 10, 20, $30 billion company and having the investors like these um, are incredibly helpful for us because we get to learn from them. That's a really positive attitude towards it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, and what are some of the challenges? It seems that you have a, a lot of experience uh, yourself and a lot of good partners and founders, but to overcome almost any challenge <laughs> given their backgrounds. But what, what are some of the challenges that you faced in the last two years? How has the pandemic played into things? And um, yeah, how have you overcome some of those challenges? Absolutely. So uh, starting a company is hard work. It is hard. Um, I think anyone who tells you differently is lying. Um, so building a great company is a ton of work. And I think the first step in this is actually you need to surround yourself with the people who are aligned with the vision of your company, the mission of your company, and who, who are in it to build a company. This is why for us, actually, uh, in terms of speaking of incentive alignment, again, all of our employees and all of our team members actually own shares in our company. Uh, this is their company. It's not just you know me and the co-founders. It is everybody's company. So when you are when you are working at Nomad Homes, you are not only working; you are an owner, and that is the mentality that we're looking for um, to build a really great company to serve as many consumers as possible. So that's the first thing, and then the second thing is, honestly, it's it's really important to have a very positive mentality. Uh, we believe we believe that we can make. The, the real estate industry better for the customers, for every single customer and for every single participant in the real estate space. And so with the power of belief and the positive attitude, this is how you actually get through the, the challenges and the hurdles. Um, you know, you mentioned COVID. We actually launched into COVID. Uh, we launched in June 2020. That was the first day that we were active. And I remember you know, in March, we said, okay, everyone pack up your bags, like we're working remote. Um, and, and, you know, for us, we're really fortunate that we're a technology company, and we have the tools that we have the ability to work both 
in person as well as remote. But I remember I said, oh my goodness, like this is a huge wrench in our launch plans. But I think for us, you know, again, it's that, it's that mentality. It is the belief that you can do it. And it is the positive attitude that we will overcome this. So here we are on the other side of COVID. Uh, real estate is thriving. Um, prices are up 30% uh, year over year in Dubai. And so we have overcome it both as a city as well as the company. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah, nice segue into next question around the real estate market in Dubai. We, we see positive numbers. We see it's very buoyant. Uh, people are complimentary with how Dubai as an, and the UAE as an economy has rebounded from uh, the pandemic. Uh, I, I, you know, how has your experience been of the real estate market in Dubai, especially in the last two years, both in terms of the, the growth, but in terms of the landscape and the type of properties that are coming on board and also how you know regulatory uh, regulator it's different to the us as well yeah so just a couple high level pieces uh numbers and statistics as to what's going on so over 151 billion dirhams of property was sold last year in Dubai. Uh, that is record. Um, that is a 75% increase in volume year over year and prices per square foot have increased 30% year over year. And so this is great for the economy because a lot of Dubai rests on the fact that real estate is actually a huge part of the economy. In terms of what we're seeing in consumer trends, uh, there are a couple of significant trends that we are seeing. Um, so one is people want space. People are working from home and they are looking for more space. So we saw a lot of, a lot of people um, switching from apartments to villas. Uh, that is a huge trend that we're seeing. Um, so moving into a villa. And the second piece is a lot of people are valuing outdoor space now. So when we, you know, through our matching platform and through the questionnaire that we have, a lot of the requests that we get is, is it by the water? Does it have a balcony? Is there natural light here? Even if it's in an apartment. And so consumer preferences have changed, I would say, um, post COVID and post lockdown. But I think for us, you know, it, we're very fortunate that within Dubai, there's a property for everybody. Uh, you can find something that matches your taste. And again, that's where our matching algorithm comes into place um, and, and, and starts to match the, the customers with the property that they're looking for. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. I think people, uh, and thank you for sharing those statistics, people uh, you know, know that a lot of shifts have happened in terms of, as you mentioned, space, but also, you know, uh, and there's evidence that Dubai is a real property city in, in terms of uh, new developments going up all the time and um, new opportunities for people to invest and to relocate. Um, but from a point of view of uh, launching a, a prop tech or slash fintech uh, prop real estate uh, sector firm in Dubai, uh, how did you go about, wh where did you register the license and what sort of, uh, how was that process for you as well? I would say um, I was pleasantly surprised with how smooth the process was for business registration. I think, you know, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot, I have a lot of experience both in the U.S. and now we have European entities as well. Um, I would say that one of the reasons that, you know, we chose Dubai as a first market is also because of the government's 
um, support in terms of ease of doing business. Uh, the, the government wants people to come and build companies and start companies. And I think that part of the legal and the registration process really has been streamlined um, to encourage you know, SMBs and startups like us to come into the to come into the region and start building their business from here. Fascinating. And just talking, I, I, we could talk about Europe, and you know, I would love to, but I, I prefer to focus on this region. But I, I can see Europe and the, and the Middle East. You mentioned, but but for the Middle East, uh, you know, what's your perception of the Middle East? We always ask: Is, is it emerging market? An emerging market that will emerge. Uh, how do you see that from a, a real estate point of view? And how much of that sort of insight uh, dictates where you would move next and how you would approach expansion in the region? Absolutely. So when I look at it, and if I put my investor hat back on too, mm. I think you know the Middle East, specifically Dubai, is really it's. I don't really consider it an emerging market anymore. It's a it's a market that has emerged. Mm. Uh, I think if you look at the population and the demographics and the types of people that are that are moving and coming and investing, um, I don't think it's you know an emerging market anymore. Also, if you look at our Nomad Homes' cap table and investors, it's a set of global investors. You know, CEOs of Twitter of Zillow, of Opendoor, global investors, you know, across our cap table, we have about $80 billion of assets under management who are investors in our company. But those are global, sophisticated investors who believe that, you know, there is a company to be built within the region um, that can be started in Dubai. So I think for us, like, you know, it's it's just a testament of what the the mindset and the city and the government has done to attract the talent to attract the people and to make it a place where people can do business wow very positive uh yeah exactly so uh, i do want to ask though around the other dubai and the uae thriving economy lots of positivity uh but what about the other countries and um because there are other economies in the region that are struggling there are others that are are growing at a faster pace um so how if you if you view the UAE and Dubai as a market that's emerged, do you see that there's different economies at play across the region? Yeah, I think across the entire Middle East region, um, the the governments have really started to step up the opening and expansion and doing business within the region. I think you know beyond the UAE, obviously Saudi Arabia has also done the same, opening up with Neom and to attract talent um, to start businesses within within the country and within the kingdom. Um, and so I think for what I can see is that people have the mindset of opening up. And when you have the mindset of opening up, then there lies opportunity and you know talent will be attracted and businesses will be built. So again, I think, you know, I mentioned this a couple of times, I'm a very positive mindset person that I think when the government has that mindset to do it, I think it will be done. Fascinating, and you know, again, congratulations on being able on being able to attract the investors that you have. It, it uh, points to the type of uh, you know the the vision that you have and and the company that you're building. Um, and it's not typical. It's not typical to speak to a founder here that's brought in investments from the U.S. or elsewhere, global investors to this region. There's more of it lately, but it's still not typical. How how did you uh, approach? The funding process. Did you did you uh, 
you know, approach global investors or did you approach uh, local uh, venture capitalists as well? When, when Nomad was raising the funds, I would say it's, it's very strategic for us about who we bring on as investors in our company. Um, for us, it's all about, you know, there's a lot of money floating out around the world. So it's, you know, what value do you bring to our company? That's why we have a lot of CEOs as investors. Um, they also have their own funds, but they have a lot of domain knowledge, I would say. Hmm. So domain knowledge, either within our space, so prop tech, fintech, um, they have domain knowledge in adjacent spaces. Um, so a lot of them have invested in other marketplace companies, other consumer businesses. And I think for us, like that's incredibly valuable is because, um, you know, it's, we get to learn. Uh, we are a learning organism. That is the most important piece about building a company. Um, and we get to learn from our investors. Mm. And so when we started, you know, raising capital for our business it's not necessarily where are you from and who are you but actually what value add can you bring to our company interesting uh and yeah absolutely and what are the plans for the future uh, and i just want to touch on something that i maybe should have mentioned earlier although the real estate market in dubai is doing really well we mentioned zwillow and uh in the us and there, there's some challenges around their business model that were brought to light in the media of late how do you view those type of challenges on on the type of business that you're building and how do you think uh, you can overcome this for this region and europe absolutely so in terms of what we're working on uh, we are working on our core product which is to help buyers match with the home that they are looking for and then the second piece is we are working on market expansion so we're in four countries now and we are continuing to expand across the region and i think the last piece is you know Companies go through hiccups and they go through, you know, things that don't work, things that do work. And I think for us is when we look at businesses that have gone through a hiccup, we look at, you know, okay, so what do they do? Like, does that apply to us? Is there something that we can learn from it? So really not as like a, you know, oh no, if they can't do it, we can't do it. That's not the case. Um, it's really, okay, so if they made a mistake here, actually, what can we learn from it to avoid a similar type of mistake and then keep going forward? I think when you start a company and you build a company, it's really important to just be, you know, focused, focused on your own business, listen to your customers in terms of what they're telling you and what they want. And then the second piece is, you know, we understand what's going on in the periphery. But the main focus is always on our own business and always on our own customers. Okay, amazing. And what's the what's the goal? What's the aim? Uh, will Dubai always be the HQ? And will you list on the public markets here? <laughs> <laughs> We're really focused on a day by day right now. Um, so we haven't thought anything about exit or anything like that. Um, and I think in terms of you know where where we are. Um, you know, we are truly a remote first company now. When you grow up right. in COVID, I think, you know, if you think about where are you based, you know, obviously we have presence in Dubai and it's our first launch city. I think, you know, as a tech company now in today's age, you really do need to be hybrid and remote first and flexible in terms of how can you evolve as a business. So for us, you know, Dubai will always be our first launch city. 
Amazing. We will hope you will always call it home as well. Helen, thank you so much for sharing your story uh, today. I find it inspiring and I'm glad that I and our audience will be able to know a little bit more about Nomad Homes and potentially make that uh, purchase through your platform in the future. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Take care. That's what I love about this podcast is that we really do uh, realize that there's a lot of super smart people living in Dubai doing really interesting things and at an early stage as well. Uh, you know, this is the type of company that you would expect to hear about in Silicon Valley. Uh, they're right here on our doorstep. They've attracted investors from all over the world and uh, they're doing a great job. Uh, so I, I've really found Helen very uh, impressive and, uh, you know, uh, I'm not an expert on the real estate sector, but I'm sure those who are uh, will find that company impressive as well. Uh, thank you for producing another episode to uh, Ali, Ali Baba and Shahir, who's off sick today, but he's in the background pulling strings, making this happen. Uh, and thank you to the, the Smashy team for all their social distribution work as well. Uh, as always, we're live every Thursday morning on the Smashy TV apps, mobile apps at 11 a.m. And then we go out on all the audio uh, platforms uh, in the afternoon on Thursdays. And then there's an article in Love in Dubai on Fridays. You can read all about these podcasts, a little bit more about the people behind them on the Love in Dubai website. And you can stream the history of uh, 150 or so episodes on uh, Smashy TV uh, apps and smart TVs as well. There's a seven day free trial. Um, If you are listening on the podcast apps, please do subscribe, leave a comment and Do also let us know on Twitter or hello at smashy.tv if you'd like to be on. If you know another CEO, founder, uh, C-suite based in Dubai, running a cool business, we'd love to hear their story. Thank you and see you next week.